Welcome to episode number 36 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. I wanted to take some time and give you some skills because I know some of you may go through moments in your lives where it feels extra hard and when things feel like they're falling apart. And uh, I thought I'd pause and give you a couple of tools that have been useful for me when this happens. Um, So let's just start. And this is really kind of a bigger and broader discussion about self-compassion. And I know this will be useful for you because it's been so useful for me and it's been useful for my clients. And if, you know, you start to think about business and you start to think about what does self-compassion have to do with business? Well, one of the things that we know is that when you and I live life, life is kind of a 50-50 game, right? Sometimes it's uh, ultimate and pure, exquisite joy. And sometimes it is filled with sadness and anger and some of the heavy, heavy emotions. And, you know, neither one of us is going to avoid any of that. And so, I think that if we are to agree that this life is complex and we are here to experience all of it, not just the good parts and not just the bad parts, but a mix, an an interwoven mix of all of the emotions, then I think our goal is to equip ourselves so that when those emotions hit, knowing that they will, that we're ready for them. And very often when we get into building businesses or we get into private practice, you know, again, we are not uh, isolated from going through personal hardships and going through loss and seeing relationships change around us. And so when we look at things like business or private practice, what we know is that business and private practice can be affected by some of the things that are going on personally. Uh, And so I think it's a great conversation to make sure that we have an And I'll be very honest in that the minute we stop talking about self-compassion is the minute that I don't want to do business because to run a business that isn't built on compassion for who I am and for who you are feels like we would be entering back into all the toxic bullshit that is available to us when we sign up for some of these, uh, you know, corporate or larger jobs. And I'm not interested in that. So in my mind, business and self-compassion go about hand in hand, and I'm going to show you why. So I think if you're going through a hard moment, you know, one of the thoughts that you may have is, boy, this is hard, and I'm going through a hard time. And, and, and for, as a side note, one thing I've noticed for myself is that very often I have, um, you know, kind of two buckets for personal and professional. And when my personal life or things that are going on for me personally tend to become either unstable or in some fashion become destabilized, whether it's a change or a loss or, you know, a new puppy, whatever it is, sometimes that can be enough to really throw me off balance. And I know based on who I am that sometimes I'm sensitive to that balance and to that shift. 
And so I also know that on the flip side of that, when I have a stable, you know, personal life or things feel rather stable to me, you know, professionally, then I can tolerate and I can handle more of the risk and more of the excitement and and failure on the business side, right? On the professional side. And if you're able to look back at yourself, you may notice that, oh yeah, sometimes when I get stressed, my, you know, whether it's uh, in the personal realm, it may influence how I show up for my work and vice versa. If work is really a shit show and, you know, it feels like either business or, you know, your practice is really providing you with some challenges that you're working through, then you may notice that that, you know, impacts you uh, personally as well. And so I think the two are mixed. So what I noticed for me that when personal gets heavy or hard, that it influences my professional and when professional gets hard, it can influence my personal. And so one of the things that I've tried to do over the past few years and a lot of the work that I do with clients is is talking about this concept of self-compassion uh, and, and, and I don't mean self-care. Let's be very clear uh, about the reality of this conversation. This is not a conversation uh, where you're going to leave with a to-do list that includes uh, massages Q2 weeks and, and manicures, you know, Q3. Like that's not, that's not the point here, right? That's just, that's just action and, and really uh, a Band-Aid on a much, I think, larger problem. So, um, so let's, let's kind of dive in. So if you are having a hard time and, you know, the, the first step is to really just notice it, number one, whether, again, it's personal or professional uh, in either realm, and then to name the emotion. And I know this seems like an asinine thing to do, like, what? Name an emotion? But I got to tell you, this is one of the most important skills that we have when we develop our emotional and social regulation and our emotional and social language. And if you've heard anything from Simon Sinek to Daniel Goleman to uh, any of the uh, people who are involved in emotional intelligence and emotional quotient, you will know that when you are able to develop your self-awareness and be able to name your emotions, it can help you to feel more in control and to feel better. And right, part of the reason sometimes that we don't, uh, you know, feel um, good really is because we've not named that emotion. What do we do? So this is the typical scenario, right? It feels like I'm having a hard time, right? And all I know is that it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. But when we dig deep and we say, well, what, what's the emotion? What does it feel like to you? How does it feel in your body? For me, when it gets hard, it feels really heavy. My shoulders tend to come up a little closer to my ears. I tend to have a... Um, uh, you know, more of a response in my body. It feels heavy. I tend to notice it more in my chest and, and really feel like it, the heaviness kind of engulfs me, right? Uh, and in that central portion of my chest, it just kind of sits there. And this isn't a chest pressure and it's not a, you know, chest pain, so to speak. But if you ever notice like, oh, when I feel that things are getting hard, what is that feeling that comes up in my body? For me, when I feel that the heaviness is there, that to me is sadness. And so I know that when I feel sad, sometimes what also happens is that 
I resist feeling sad because I try to tell myself I should be happy for all the other things that I have. And maybe I should, you know, just not feel that way because I've got this tool that I use with my clients that's called the model. And, you know, I understand cognitive behavioral technique and I should just be able to fix myself right out of my fucking sadness, right? Because what happens very often is that when we use models, the model, or we use tools like cognitive behavioral technique or positive psychology, sometimes we use them against ourselves. And sometimes we end up, right, telling ourselves, oh, no, 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 don't feel that. Just push that away. We don't have time for that, right? And so we were just resisted in general. And, uh, and not only do we resist it, but sometimes you may notice that you're then looking for your phone to kind of avoid that feeling or, right, you're noticing you're scrolling a little bit more, you're on TikTok trying to just get yourself out of that funk, but not, but not at the same time addressing it or feeling it. You may notice that you increase your alcohol intake, right? Maybe it's like, oh, I'm just going to have a cocktail, right? I do this all the time. I'm like, I need a cocktail tonight. And for me, right, is is having a cocktail something that I, you know, I uh, that needs that is a bad thing? No, it's not. However, I think the important issue is always to understand: Am I reaching for the cocktail because I'm avoiding feeling something, or am I reaching for the cocktail because? I have a sheer, you know, desire to enjoy a gin cocktail or it, it's something that brings me pleasure, right? We, we have to understand what emotion drives that action because otherwise, you know, if I'm going at it from a place of I feel really sad and all I want to do is bury my, my sorrow in, you know, gin cocktails, you know, we have an unhealthy coping mechanism, right? Sometimes I notice too that I tend to take it out on the kids and, and my partner as well. And sometimes this looks like me snapping. This happened last night where you know, I lost my temper a little bit with one of my sons. And, and, and that's not, for me, the kind of mom that I want to be all the time, right? I want to be the mom who is emotionally present, who is uh, emotionally regulated, and who, um, who allows herself to feel and doesn't react to her children, right? Responds to the children, is present for the children, but doesn't take out her own, you know, emotional baggage on the kids. I don't want to dump that shit on them. They don't deserve that, right? And so sometimes also I notice I tend to get a little bit more mopey. Things feel a little bit harder, right? The thought of maybe getting up for work or walking every morning feels a little bit more challenging when I'm thinking I'm having a hard time. This is really hard, and then I think the last piece that I tend to do is that I'm not very kind to myself when I talk to myself. And I notice this. It comes up in the language that I use. It comes up in the way that I treat myself. And and here's what I would say. If you're like, wait, how do I beat myself up? Like, I don't actually take a baseball bat and like, you know, like hit myself. But I want you to think of maybe if it's not to that degree, I want you to think of, well, what are you not doing in that moment? Because what I'm not doing, when I'm feeling sad and then I go and get on my phone or I'm taking on the kids, here's what I'm not doing. I am literally not speaking to myself in a kind way. I'm not offering myself moments of compassion. I'm not offering myself uh, the uh, loving and tender uh, grace that, that I could afford to myself in that moment. I just tell myself like, oh God, this is terrible. 
you're terrible. Like, what did you do to cause this? Right. Like, right. My mind goes into that very judgy space. And I know that about myself. I'm somebody who judges and clinically. And I talk about this very often with clients, uh, whether we're talking about Clifton strengths or we're talking about 16 personalities, but very often, if you know yourself, right, it can be really useful to understand not only where you have your strengths, but also where you have your blind spots. For me, being a good judge is super useful. I can be a good judge of character. I can be a good judge in triage, make sure that I've got, you know, uh, my I's dotted and T's crossed on a triage patient. I can be a good judge in terms of, um, getting a sense of whether or not a program's working or creating a new course or, you know, having a finger on the pulse of what I think my clients could uh, benefit from. That serves me very well, right? But when does judging not serve me? Well, it doesn't serve me when I tend to also have bias. And then I, I tend to make up stories, big elaborate stories, either about people or or I judge myself and I shame myself and I don't allow myself to you know feel as I'm feeling and I don't speak to myself in a kind way. So, and what happens? I mean, the result of that, I'm, I'm sure neither one of us would be surprised, but what happens when I do all that? Well, I create a really hard time for myself in an already hard and challenging time. I just double up on the hardness. And, uh, and so I offer that because I think that many of us go through that and maybe you can relate to this and maybe you can't and that's okay too. But if it's useful for you, I want you to just think what happens when I think, boy, this is really hard. And then again, I feel really sad or either I don't, I don't notice or name that emotion, but I just walk around like a fucking Godzilla in my life and I yell at people and I, uh, avoid, you know, feeling like I do. And I spend a lot of time on Instagram or I spend a lot of time, you know, being angry, right? Like just creating more of that anger in the world. And, and look, we're not here to judge it. We're just here to notice it and say, oh, how interesting. Sometimes when I think I'm having a hard time and I feel really sad, I don't want to feel that. And furthermore, I don't want to name it and I don't want to be, you know, an emotional adult, right? I want to act like an emotional child. Uh, like I'm a two-year-old in Target uh, who's having a temper tantrum because, you know, she can't get the candy she wants, right? I mean, that's essentially what it is, what we sometimes do. And and I mean, I love to think about the fact that as a, a 41-year-old woman, that sometimes I have a temper tantrum because we do, right? We do. Think about the last time you had a temper tantrum. As an adult, it, probably within the last week or two. I mean, most of us, I think if we're being honest with ourselves, like when's the last time I lost my shit on something, right? It happens. It's okay. Again, we're not here to judge it. We're just here to be aware. Does that serve me? Does it serve me in, in creating a pattern that's sustainable for me? Does it serve me in having great relationships, not only with other people, but more importantly, with myself? Um, and so one of the things that uh, this week I've been noticing and working on, and, and really over the past couple of weeks, um, and frankly, if we're being honest, over the past year or so, is this concept of having your own back. And I, we've talked about this on the podcast, and I want to show you what that looks like for me uh, uh, over the past you know, few weeks when I've really been leaning on it. So one of the things that I have started to consider is, all right, so if I can tell myself I'm having a hard time and I can feel like you know, kind of sad or I can resist all those feelings and avoid them and create more hardship for myself, or... When I am feeling that way, I can also just allow it to be there. 
I can feel sad and allow myself to feel sad. I can cry. I can uh, maybe grab a box of tissues and put them near my bed. I can find a safe space where I can cry and let my emotions out. Maybe that's in my bed. Maybe that's in the shower where no one sees. Um, And for all of you who are parents of teens, uh, crying in the shower is one of the main places where many teens report that they cry and, and allow or process their emotions because it's a private space, right? Nobody usually is in the bathroom. The water's running. No one can hear you, right? The big sobs that are coming out. So, so sometimes, right, what could be the alternative? I could just say, all right, I'm just going to allow that emotion to be there. I'm going to name it. I'm going to say, boy, I'm feeling sad as fuck right now. And then what do I do? I don't do anything except allow that feeling to be there. And I take, I take comfort knowing that emotions are like waves and they come and go. And sometimes they come like tsunamis and sometimes they don't. But what's so interesting is that they come and they go and they come and they go. So I allow it to be there knowing full well that if that emotion is present, it will, uh, eventually go. It will. It's just the nature of this game that we call the human experience. Um, So I could just allow myself to feel. And what's the result that happens? Well, I process my emotions. And then I don't take it out on anybody. And then I don't mope around and I don't ruminate and I don't need any sort of substance, whether it's Netflix or wine or gin cocktails, to make myself feel better. I know how to make myself feel better. And I do that when I allow myself to feel as I do right? And look, some of us will get to a point and say, but I can't go around just feeling sad all day. And I would say, why not? Are you willing to feel how you feel without judging it, without shaming yourself, without telling yourself that you should feel differently? Are you willing to do that so that you can come back to a place of neutral? The common misconception is that, you know, if I feel sad, I need to just push it away so that I can keep going. And I would say, no, actually, the the misconception is pushing it away. The other opportunity that you have is to allow it, to just allow it to be there, to allow it to consume you. Many of us are very scared that emotions will ruin us, that sadness or sadness for an entire day will be the death of us. And I really think that's something, if you have that belief system in there, which you might, like I did for a long time, that maybe we just look at that and say, is that really true? If I'm willing to feel sad, does it mean I'm going to feel sad for the next eight years? No. Emotions, interestingly, don't last very long. They tend to come and go. Most emotions process within anywhere from 40 to 60 seconds. So think of all that you do sometimes, just resisting how you feel right? A couple hours on Instagram, a couple extra thousand calories with gin cocktails, a couple ruined relationships because you're just spewing all of your, you know, shit out on other people, right? Think of the cost of that versus just allowing yourself to feel it. And our, you know, the brain would tell us, well, you, this is terrible and this is very dangerous to feel it. And remember, we have a primitive brain that evolved from, you know, many, many years of having to be scared about getting ousted from a pack or from a tribe. It had to be very concerned about finding enough food to eat and making sure that we had protection and safety from the people around us. And so many times we can just acknowledge, if we can acknowledge the limbic system and say, oh yeah, of course, of course my brain tells me that feeling sad might prevent me from going and finding enough food, you know, as a a hunter or gatherer. And I just don't have that luxury. 
but actually it's 2022. I'm sitting in a warm home. You know, I have a blanket on me. It's 39 degrees here. I have food in my fridge. I have plenty of support around me. I have friends. I have therapists. I have coaches. I have all of these things to help me, right? So we can just counter the brain, the primitive brain and say, hi, I see you. Yeah, I know you're worried and it's okay. You're worried that if we feel sad, that life is over and we're going to die. And we just notice it, right? And we just say, all right, I see you. I know that you're trying to protect me and I don't need that right now. So I'm going to feel this emotion and, you know, it's just not a problem. I gotcha. I've got us, right? This is a conversation in your brain that you could have. And, and I think that when you become that person who allows those emotions to be there, then all of a sudden it becomes easier to look back at some of these patterns and say, boy, does it really serve me to, you know, have that thought and to not feel it, right? To think I'm having a hard time, but to not name my emotions and then to go and, you know, spew it everywhere. And, and that's a very personal question for many of you. And, and it requires that you answer it, you know, well, how do I want to show up in the world? What kind of human do I want to be? Right? What, what kind of parent do I want to be? What kind of midwife or NP do I want to be? And I know that when I am willing to name my emotions and I am willing to also look at my brain when I'm having a hard time instead of judgment, if I'm willing to be compassionate to myself and I'm willing to say, I've got this, we, I got you covered, it's not a problem, no emotion will kill you despite what your brain tells you, no emotion will kill you. And I'm here for you, right? If all of a sudden I stop looking around me for people to comfort me and I start offering that to myself, do you know what is possible? What's possible is acceptance, right? I'm here for you. How does it feel if you were to accept yourself and all of your glory, all of your sadness, all of the shame, all of the judgment, all of the uh, idiosyncrasies that make you, you know, a unique and brilliant human, right? What if you, what if you just said, look, I've got this, I've got us. I mean, right. This is a conversation that you get to have with yourself. I've got us. I'm here for you. And I'll tell you that the compassionate part of this to me feels very easy. It feels light in my chest. It feels like very soft and I think the feeling that comes up for me is acceptance, feeling accepted, right? How easy that feels and how comfortable that feels. And what happens when I feel accepted? Well, I allow myself to feel what I do. I let them, those emotions come and go. Again, I don't judge myself. I certainly don't beat myself up. I look at myself as a human having a human experience and show myself some compassion. I speak kindly to myself. I don't uh, criticize myself or shame, you know, add more shame on to a particularly hard moment. Uh, and I, I really create this result where I can manage any emotion. I am developing my emotional quotient and I have my own back, right? I create the compassion that I seek. And it's a beautiful thing to notice when you, how you treat yourself in these moments where it feels hard, whether or not your default is to go to, man, this sucks and this is fucking terrible and I got to get out of this, right? Or I just can't even handle this right now versus, 
you know what? I got you. Like those are two very different approaches and both are accessible to you. And if you're like, I don't, I don't know, that doesn't quite feel, you know, accessible to me right now. That's okay. Right. This is what, this is some of the work that we do in Nurses Living the Good Life, which aims to help you become an emotion scientist, aims to help you name those emotions to feel better in the moment so that you can then go on and build the business. Right. Do you see how this is linked? If I'm the person who's moping around, I'm exploding like a volcano at everyone around me, I'm acting like an emotional toddler, which again, you're in good company if you're like, I sometimes do that. Welcome to the shit show. Okay. Welcome to the human experience. I do it too. We're not here to judge it. We are humans and we do this and it is not a problem. But what is also available to you is to develop that lens of awareness and say, wow, how often do I do that? How often do I tell myself I shouldn't feel like I do? How often do I judge myself, beat myself up? How often do I feel accepted and comfortable in my body versus feeling really heavy in my body and really feeling like, you know, um, that just that total heaviness in my chest and not being able to name it, right? This is one of the things that we do in Nurses Living the Good Life because it's life-changing to be able to, number one, name your emotions, number two, be able to understand why and how you get stuck and when the volcano erupts and how it impacts your business, how it impacts your practice, how it impacts you showing up for your family, And then to say, to make a very intentional choice, is this how I want to roll? Am I okay with this? Do I want to judge myself or do I want to allow myself to have a human experience and feel? Do I want to judge myself or do I want to offer myself complete and utter acceptance for who I am and all the emotions that come and go as a part of the human experience? I think that's a, you know, that is an approach that many of us aren't aware that is available and it is available to you. And I want to make one, you know, last note, because I had a conversation this week with one of uh, my clients that really spurred on, you know, this uh, thought in my head of, you know, that, that we could talk about this. But, you know, we were talking about how sometimes when we become more aware and sometimes when we develop uh, and use the tools that we have at our disposal to help us manage our minds, sometimes what happens is that we get this false belief that we should just never have to deal with this shit again. Like I should never have to deal with another blow up that I have with my kids or I should never have to, right? Like if I have the tools and I should just be this perfect human who, you know, doesn't deal with inadequacy, sadness, uh, insecurity, uh, unworthiness, right? That I should just have figured it out, right? I think my client said something to likes of like, I think I feel like sometimes I should have just figured this out by now. And what I would uh, offer to you is that not to use all of these tools against yourself and to notice when you think you get a pass on the human experience, right? The, the, the reality is that what we're here to do is to develop our tools so that when the moments get hard, that we can manage them a little bit better because they're going to come and go. They're literally going to come and go. It's like the line at the drive-thru at Starbucks. People are pretty much always going to be in that damn line, right? Like if you hit that line and there's nobody in there, 
good for you and enjoy it. But the reality is if that Starbucks is open and it has a drive-through, there's probably going to be people in it. And in the same token, you are a human having a human emotion. And there's probably going to be some days of sadness. And there's probably going to be some days of joy. And there's probably going to be some days of rage and anger and frustration and bitterness and resentment and hurt. And nothing's gone wrong here, right? If you wake up today, we can consider you open for business, just like the Starbucks line. So here's what here's what the opportunity is. If people are going to keep coming through the Starbucks line, just like my emotions are going to come and go, then the question is, how efficient do I want to get at managing them? How good do I want to get at spotting them? How aware do I want to become? How quickly do I want my emotions to go through the drive through line? Do I want it to take two hours to get my cup of coffee? Fuck no. No, I'm not going back to that Starbucks, you know, right? Or do I want to be the person who says, you know, my job, my job is just to make sure that the trains run on time and that the line keeps flowing, that I notice these emotions, I name them, I allow them to be there, I don't judge myself, and I move on. I let the emotion come, I let the emotion go, and I'm on to the next thing. I'm on to the next client. I'm on to the next emotion, right? So look. Don't kid yourself that, you know, the emotions won't come. They will. And we're not here to avoid them. And we're not here to, again, judge them. We're just here to get a little bit better at managing them. And the minute that you can do that, the minute it becomes easier to run your business, the minute it becomes easier to have relationships that serve you, the minute that it becomes easier to show up in the world uh, as the parent that you want to be. And all of that to me means living the good life right? Being able to notice these things, manage them and keep that line moving, right? Keep it moving. Just like the the ocean, these waves will come and go and nothing's gone wrong. So I hope that's supportive to you if you're having a moment. And this is a an episode that, you know, you may want to download and just keep on uh, a bookmark of it just so that when the time comes, when you're struggling, uh, when you're having a hard moment, that you have this as a resource to listen to. And, uh, and, and make no, uh, I will do the same thing. I will be the one who listens to this when I have a hard moment as a reminder uh, that nothing's gone wrong. And my job is to, again, allow those emotions, to process them, name them, not to judge myself. And on the flip side, to, to show myself the most compassion that I can possibly muster right? Even more compassion than I would show my patients, my clients, my kids. I want to show that, dump it all back on myself in a very accepting way, in a loving way. Like, yes, of course. Okay. That's our work. So, and if you want some more tools, this is what we do in Nurses Living the Good Life. And I invite you to come and check it out. Have a conversation with me or check it out on the website, www.anconcleacnm.com for more information. Okay. Until next time, take care.